Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. My new book, Intergalactic Totalitarianism, is now out on Amazon Kindle and paperback. I'm currently in production of the audiobook, so you'll be the first to know when that is out as well. Um, links will be in the show notes, so check it out if you're interested. Interested. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. All right, welcome to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle, and we are going international today with this episode. So I have with me somebody that I've known and interacted with for a few years now on social media, but this is the first time we've we've had a physical chat before. So I want to welcome uh, Medic Matt from the UK to the show. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Been a while. Abs- yeah, abs- absolutely. So um, a-, a lot going on, and you know, you're involved in a lot of stuff happening recently with with all the crazy man going on over in the uk so i definitely want to get into that in this episode but but first and foremost for those that don't know you can you give everybody a little bit of insight about you know about yourself and kind of you know your current your current job what you what you do in the healthcare field and then we'll go from there okay doc uh i'll, I'll try to keep it quick uh i tend to digress so um currently at the minute at the moment i i'm based obviously over in the uk um based in the northwest um i'm a, what they call a specialist paramedic so i at the minute i currently do home visits for for doctors in the local area whereas um before i used to work on the ambulances and did that for about five six years and then uh, i've spent the last sort of five years doing home visits for doctors but before that i was doing some seeing tree in hospitals telephone triage and working in gp practices didn't like any of that so i prefer to do the home visits it's just it's a little bit nicer it's a little bit easier work I'm getting old and longer than the tooth. Um, so that's what I, I do. So I've been doing, so that's within the NHS, obviously, which is our, our health service based over in the UK. Um, so I've been doing that now for probably what, about 12 years, 12 years, including studying as well. So obviously I've had to do a few degrees to do this sort of stuff. So I was doing that, or I am still doing that. <laughs> I've got an exclusive for you as well, because that's uh, it's trying it's kind of changed somewhat as of Thursday. But um, yeah, so that's that's my background from a medical point of view. Before that, I worked in the circus. And then before that, I was in the British Army for about five years as well. So I've had a varied, varied <laughs> life get me to this point. And then um, I think uh, I started looking into all this sort of stuff when it all started breaking out, obviously, because I was working frontline at the time and we were getting all the bits and pieces over in the England and things. And um, and then um, a couple of things sort of happened, which didn't really sit right with me. Um, so then I started bouncing into stuff into rabbit holes as you do. I won't go into that too much because obviously everyone's story is different, but, um, and then, um, been doing that, listening to you guys, chatting with you guys and all the other, all the other podcasts a lot, which is great. Janet, uh, Jack and everybody as well. Uh, and then, um, inadvertently ended up getting sucked into all of this NHS mandate stuff, which we've got coming on over here. So I know, um, I know in your in, in the states that obviously it flip flops between different states, doesn't it, as to whether the mandates are in or whether they're not, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's been yeah. interesting watching you guys. Um, yeah, no, and that's and that's a good point to bring up to 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 kind of show show the differential here, right? I mean, the the healthcare delivery system is so different in in the UK versus how it is here in the US, and and honestly, you know, I, I do a little bit of I do some work in the healthcare field on the finance side right now, so I definitely can see some of the some of the differences we have in, in how we deliver healthcare. I mean, I think there's there's good and bad to both ways, um, but you know, sometimes there's there there's there's you know downsides as well. So um, I think it's probably helpful for people here in the U.S. If you want to talk a little bit more about about the NHS specifically, right? So um, I guess in my in my recollection, right, NHS is basically <clears throat> you work you work essentially is essentially government organization, correct? Yeah, so it's 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 
Well, can't so. Well, this is where it gets a bit dodgy. So it, it was initially brought in in, uh, I don't know the exact date. Um, I, I was trying to find my phone to find out because I thought I should probably find out the exact date. But it, it was in the, uh, I think it was, it was just after the um, Second World War, um, I think, is when it first started. I should have had this ready. Um, uh, but um, but basically it was founded, it's, it's um, funded by the state, essentially. So it's for our taxes and everything else. It's a bit sort of thing as your Medicare or whatever it is you guys have. Right. Mm-hmm. But... but um, but, but collectively, our whole health service is, is under the umbrella of the NHS. Um, so it's it's changed its name now. So it's established in 1948. Yeah, so just after the Second World War. So I wasn't too wrong. Uh, um, and now it's been rebranded um, a different name now, which sounds really sinister. The reason I want to... F- um, because it just it fits in with everything that they're doing. Um, uh, because there's an NHS long-term plan... Um, which ties in with the um oh i can't remember i can't remember what it's called off the top of my i think it's national health and security agency now or something it has like nothing to do with health in the title basically right um, right but anyway sorry i digress so basically yes yeah, so it's fun it, our taxes are national insurance so we have tax and we have national insurance taxes are you know the, the the average you get taken off your wages and then you've got your national insurance which is supposed to go towards funding the nhs police fire you know and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> so um there, that all, all of our hospitals are under the banner of the NHS. Everything involved in healthcare is under the NHS. So catering, uh, you know, surgeries, hospitals, clinics, and all that kind of stuff, they're all under, under the NHS. But over the last sort of decade or so, things have been uh, privatised or, or tendered off to, to, to private companies, but they still operate under the banner of the NHS, which a few people have got a bit upset about because obviously it's, it's like backdoor um privatization of the of the nhs so um so basically yeah so so that means everybody's entitled to free health care um in england even if you don't have a job uh, and you take you know you get benefits you're still entitled to the same level of care um to everybody that that was something that they felt quite strongly about um so so it has its it has its good and it's bad parts right so obviously i know everyone says oh you have to wait for ages with the nhs and all this kind of stuff and blah 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 so as a system, it would work brilliantly if it wasn't as, as underfunded uh, and 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 cut like it always is. Um, if if it wasn't, if the odds weren't stacked against it for it never to work, um, then it would work really well. But obviously, you only ever hear of the bad things that the that the NHS does. You don't hear about the successful operations and things that they do day in day out. You know all the time. So from from an aspect of of us, it's, it's good. Um, and then there are avenues now where you can you can pay for private. Um, private healthcare as well, but you still have access to the NHS. So you can pay, so they, they can work in conjunction with each other. You can get a referral from your NHS doctor and then go get something done private. Ironically, probably from his mate, who is a surgeon who works for the NHS and privately. <laughs> of, so, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So it will kick it down to his mate. So um, on paper, it, it, it's a good thing. Um, now I remember when Obamacare was coming out years ago and it caused quite a stir, didn't it? That, that, that some tax might be used to pay for people's healthcare and stuff in the States. Whereas for us, it was completely like, why wouldn't you want everybody to have free healthcare? So it was interesting to see the, the paradigms between the, the technically same Western kind of countries, if you know what I mean. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it, it definitely could be done better here. You know, I think privatization, you know, uh, commercialization, you know, all economics, all that kind of stuff, you know, it can work in certain, certain ways, shapes or forms. But um, when you have, you know, in the U.S., I think the, the biggest problem that we have here in the U.S. as far as healthcare goes is, which is, is something I think you guys have a lot of more interconnectivity on, is just, you know, a medical record, right? Like a person's medical history. Here, with everything being so private, you could go to hospital A and get a, a CAT scan, CT, MRI, whatever. Then you could go to hospital B and a few months later with some, some symptoms of what have you, and they could give you all the same procedures again because those hospitals, they don't share the same data. They don't have the same information, right? So, so there's some some issues I have with our healthcare system as far as that goes, and and yeah, and with the insurance, the insurance plans are so varied um, of what they, of what hospitals are reimbursed, of what people pay. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. You know, everybody talks about you know this whole Medicare for all kind of uh, branding thing that that they would like to have, and I think I think in theory that kind of thing sounds good, but like like you like you mentioned, if it's not administrated or funded correctly. It's, it's inherently flawed and you're going to have a lot of issues with that. hundred percent. I mean, 
the good thing about so so the ambulances and all that kind of stuff is still covered under the NHS. So you get hit by a car, you'll get picked up, you'll get taken to hospital, you'll get treated and you'll get treated from start to finish without the worry of of, of whether your insurance is going to cover it or, or, you know, whether you're in the right district for your insurance to cover it and, and all that kind of stuff. So it has its has its benefits and the care you get is good care. It's just busy, but then it's busy everywhere in the world. That's the thing, because we seem to just don't want to build hospitals despite our ever aging population and uh, and things like that. So we know from 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 in England, the last sort of the five year, at least the five years anyway, they've been shutting down what A&Es, we call them A&Es, but you, you call them ERs, don't you? Um, yeah. Uh, so we call them A&Es or EDs or emergency department. So they've been shutting hospitals down or those departments down at 10 o'clock at night. So they're not, they can't receive traffic. So a lot more traffic goes to one hospital. So it's, they're not logistically doing themselves any favors. The money's there, but then, it, you know, you go into the realms of what the politicians do with the money and the NHS has always been used as a political kind of, you know, dumpster baby that no one really wants if you know what i mean but they understand it's a fundamental core part of 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 england if you will everyone's like you must defend our nhs um and all that kind of stuff because you know when we get older and we're living just on pensions you know you might not be able to afford to to have insurance to pay for care uh and obviously you need care more the older you get unfortunately so from that perspective it works really really well um but as with every system there there are areas for improvement but it's just i i i mean look Personally, I think we should be focusing on more uh, prevention with regards to health, which is, I think, where we're going to go. Once we get out of all of this mess of this COVID and, you know, all the, the you know, everything else, and we kind of, we birth ourselves into the new world that's going to be, uh, that's going to be happening. And then I think we'll be concentrating a lot more on, on holistic medicine and prevention side of things, I think. Um, because if you can prevent people from being sick, then you don't need to treat them. Essentially. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really important and, and probably, you know, for, for, for NHS purposes, they probably prefer that. Right. Because, you know, the less, the less money you have to dump into the healthcare system, I mean, the, the better. And you kind of see the opposite thing here in the U S right. Because of all the privatization, they really don't want to keep people healthy, you know, like as far as preventative care and, and things like that, because, that doesn't have people going in and, and having more and more procedures and more and more medicine and this and that. And so you kind of see like that, that's, like I said, that's kind of another flaw with what we do here in, in America. And, you know, obviously, you know, with the NHS, there's some flaws in, inherent to that as well, but, you know, I think preventative medicine and, and a lot of organizations have here have tried to go with, you know, more preventative approaches um, and a lot of doctors and things, you know, it's, it's hard for them to conceptualize, right. Because they're so used to uh well, I get so much for when people get these medications or when they have these services or these procedures done. They're, they're used to the uh, every time something happens, I get a cut of that versus keeping somebody healthy. They don't have to go to the hospital. It, to them, it sounds just inherently like less money coming to them. But um, there are deals that people have been making that organizations have been making with insurance companies saying, like, listen, if we save you guys money by less people going to the hospital, it's a win win for everybody. You know, but but then again, like I said, it's it's hard for some people to to conceptualize that kind of system. Well, yeah, because people can't they can't get used to they can't think of lot what life would be like without big pharma being there. Essentially, that's right. the thing. And what they right. don't realize is big pharma came second. Um, yeah. So 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 they don't really you know if we were to eat better. Uh, I mean, look, the odds are stacked against us no matter what. The stuff in the food that we eat is bad. Trying to eat healthy is more expensive. Uh, you know, they've been doing everything they can for the last two years to stop you exercising and trying to be healthy. And, you know, from a, from a physical point of view and a mental point of view as well. So the odds have been stacked against us with everything, obviously. And then throughout life with, with, you know, with the, with the vaccines, whether we, whether they're legitimate or not, and all the other stuff we've, we've been exposed to 5g, 1g, 4g, whatever, we just don't know. Um, so I don't want to be adding to the stuff that, that I don't know I'm going to be subjected to uh, as well as, as being subjected to that sort of stuff. I don't know I'm being um, subjected to all the time. In other words, basically, if you're already knackered and you've already got loads of stuff against you, that's going to make you potentially shave 15, 20 years off your life through sort of general exposure of these things. I don't want to be adding to it by, you know, making myself more unhealthy, but we don't know. Uh, but we've had a thing recently, actually, there were some doctors that got arrested over here and fined because they, um, they were found to be, um, in, in partnership with um, with some drug companies, and they were suggesting and prioritising these these medications to patients in England. So it's already reached over here. 
where doctors can be um, can be bribed. So, and that goes to show that they've probably been doing it for for ages and ages. Which, right. which you know, which, which I think we have. I think within England we have an implicit sort of trust because the NHS is so is funded by the state and it's kind of governed quite heavily by the government and everything else. They don't think that sort of thing can happen. But mm-hmm. it, it could only happen with private organisations, apparently, even though it's the same people right. working in these things, you know, and the same contractors right. and all that kind of stuff. So I just think the, the general public in England just is a bit naive because they just assume it's the backbone of Britain. Right. So it wouldn't do that as an organisation. But, you know, as we're starting <laughs> but to they, find yeah. out. But now that but what they'll do in this situation, like you mentioned, they'll 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 handpick a few doctors. They'll make them the scapegoat. Right. Like it's a it's an isolated event. Listen, these these people are just bad, greedy, nasty people. Meanwhile, they're the ones the ones that are reporting on it are the ones that are most guilty of it. Yeah, exactly. And I've always I've always you've got two different types of doctor. You've got a doctor that wants you to be fit and well. Uh, and not have to do any work because all his patients are fit and well. And then you've got doctors that just go in, they'll just, you know, hand prescriptions out, you know, left, right, center. So I think, you know, medicine treatment needs to change fundamentally from, you know, if, if someone's coming in with high blood pressure rather than giving a medication, you need to be then asking them what the diet's like, what's their, right. you know, training program like, and then sorting out gym membership and a nutritionist. And, and it might be expensive initially at the time, but then the money that you save preventing that from happening, you'll save further down the line through, long-term medications, knee replacements, you know, uh, weight management things and all that kind of stuff. And just general deterioration of health overall for about 40 years. Uh, you, you know, if you can delay that till they get to sort of 70 or 80, then overall that you're saving, you know, probably millions and millions of pounds and dollars in, in future treatment costs and drug therapies and all that kind of stuff. But that's not the way we're educated to look at our health now, is it? That's the problem, especially you guys over in, in, in the States, right? Everything you eat makes you fat. <laughs> that's yeah, the problem yeah. right <laughs> and when coke is cheaper than water you've got to just kind of uh i, I don't know when we we went to we went to new york the wife and i she she worked at a um a tattoo convention in queens right and what i found funny was we were we were in queens uh staying in a um in a hotel there was a a casino in in queens itself now i thought queens was was not the most affluent of areas at the time but it had a massive casino with a bus that used to just drive around Queens, picking people up to take them to the casino. And you could cash your welfare checks in there. There's little old ladies in there with their baskets, getting their welfare checks cashed, then go and have a little go on flapjack. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And what was brilliant is there was only about three places you could get food inside the whole casino. They're all bad. Right. Yeah. And obviously America in England, you're like, oh, we'll just go for a walk to the shop. Right. You can't do that in America, can you? Because everything's no. huge. So yes. it was. a Yeah. So we got out and it's like there's nowhere to. And we found it really hard to find. Um, I mean, look, I know people will be like, yeah, there's loads of places to eat there healthily. But when you're there as a tourist, it was like I can't, all we could find were sandwiches, burgers, burritos. I was like, I just want to want to sell it. But we were there for about three or four days. And after after just eating like all you could eat. Uh, barbecue wings and everything i was like I, I just want something bland or just something that's not going to give me a heart attack um but it was but yeah it was I, I agree hard. you know um a, a situation i had you know when when i got to visit uh the uk and europe several years ago so about 10 years ago um so my mother-in-law she was born in london oh, and nice. li- lived most of her life well lived 30 40 years of her life in, in edinburgh and scotland so we got to take a trip to to scotland we got to visit london for a little bit and i'll tell you what I, I, every, every, whatever I ate, I did not feel like the crud afterwards. Right. Like, like here, like anything you eat, like, even if it's something I'm really craving afterwards, there's just something nasty about it. Like you get this like depression like that. I really crave that, but now I feel like crap, but I'll tell you what, over there, everything I ate and, and a lot of it was probably similar to what I eat here, but just, I think the ingredients are a little bit better. And like you mentioned about walking, right? Like you would walk to go places a, a lot of times. And yeah. I think you're just, you're being out in nature. You're, you're still getting a little bit of exercise. And then when I went to, I got to visit Italy as well. Same kind of thing. I could eat a pizza in Italy, eat a, you know, eat a pizza here and feel like I'm dying, you know, but over, <laughs> but over there, there's just something that was so much, I don't want to say healthier because, you know, there's, you know, carbs and things like that, but just, there was something about it that w- it, it wasn't filled with as much bull crap as we pump yeah. our stuff up just to increase this, like the supply of the, the weed and what have you. So I, I definitely agree with you that just what's in the food here, it could be the same exact uh, type of food here versus what, what you have in the UK. But over here, it's just, it's just pumped with a bunch of garbage. 
Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> I mean, it's not. We import a lot of stuff as 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 from England because we're an island. Obviously, we we import a lot. Of stuff. I mean, lazy as well. I think that's what because we used to have a lot more stuff in our country, but we've just gone there. We can get it cheaper elsewhere, so we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll let the uh, lower class do it as as the British Empire likes to do. You know what I mean? Just, right. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, we we're getting better. We're catching you guys up though. You know that we're getting to a, a, at least a third of our population. And kids as well. Kids, we see a lot of fat kids now, but they're like yeah. mini versions of their parents, aren't they? So you'll see a fat yeah. parent and their little fat kids, and you're just like, yeah, well, yeah. What chances the kid have? <laughs> well, and, 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 that, and that's funny too because you'll see a lot of articles now saying, "Listen, this this kid who you know had the vaccine, or I'm sorry, this kid who had had COVID is in the hospital. He has no prior symptoms, any of this stuff." Then you look at the picture of the kid. I'm like, you can't tell me this kid doesn't have any prior symptoms. He weighs more than I do, and he's 12 years old. <laughs> You, you know, you can't tell me this kid has no underlying conditions because it's, uh, as we know, based on all the numbers, obesity is one of the, the leading causes of people having issues with this virus or really any virus or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's it, it is interesting. I think, I don't know, we've always, uh, since this started, my, my, my opinion of the States has changed dramatically, obviously, because I've been speaking to different people on different podcasts and I've been a lot more interested in your politics, which, by the way, are just crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know to get your head around and, and everything else and and I, I, especially with uh, now i'm going back now to to obviously the, the the biden trump um election and all the build up to that and and everything else and that you know that's when it started getting really really intense with with everybody and there was on discord chats everywhere and it was brilliant because there was nothing going on in britain nothing yeah. i mean nothing mate and it was and you guys were always so so sort of further forward thinking with regards to the, the possibilities of those things aliens and all the other stuff and and then obviously all the conspiracies i'm not going to say anything but you know the, the you've got the yeah, layers yeah. of conspiracy haven't you? but you guys were like right there down at the bottom with like you know <laughs> eating the babies and all that kind of it's just like right okay these guys are serious so so but in england it was just there, there was nothing there was like a handful of people and obviously because we're all so reserved we just don't say anything unless you know it's the right environment and you know we've got to jardinet and you know and all that kind of stuff so it's just it's just like come on guys and then you know we've got these americans go yeah america and it was like, can we just have some people be a bit patriotic for Britain, please? You know, just right. please a little bit. And it was just, where's all the man at? It was really, really frustrating. Um, uh, but it's it's getting better now. It's 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 getting much, much better now. But we like to let you guys do it first and then see, you know what I mean? And we're like, oh, we're just going to, uh, we're just going to watch here. We're just going to watch. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah, when we've seen how it's like, okay, yep, 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 we'll come now. We were just sorting our shoes out, but we're here now. Right, right, right. Yeah, we, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to do that. It, it, yes. It's the same way, like, you know, with my older brother, I would let him get into trouble and be like, okay, <laughs> I want to do the same exact thing. But like, he got in trouble because he did it this way, this way, this way. So I'm going to do it this way, this way, and this way, and kind of let him take the fall for him and just kind of, kind of, kind of skate through there. So yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I do want to talk a little bit about the, the mandate stuff. But, but as far as, you know, you mentioned politics and everything, what's kind of the political state of everything in the in the UK, because, you know, we only get, like you said, the, the, over here, it's so crazy. And, you know, we only, I feel like it, it does us a disservice that we get, that we understand so little about politics in other countries, right? Like what's going on in the UK, what's going on in, in Europe and other countries around the world. Because, because like you said, it's so hypersensitive here and people are so crazy polarized about it. I mean, there's a, like you mentioned, there's a big um, push for patriotism and, you know, being proud of your country, which, which is good. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, other things happening around the world kind of, you know, go over our heads. So kind of what's the state of the political landscape right now in uh, in the UK? And that obviously probably lead us into the whole mandate discussion as well. Well, it's if, if it's uh, well, sorry, English people are the same. We're very insular as well. Uh, so, so don't feel bad. I'll say, have you heard what's going on in the States? I don't care what's going on in the States. It's well, you should because it's bigger than us. Right. So if it happens in the States, it's going to happen here, man, honestly. But, you know, so it's not just England. I think it's um. I think it's a society type Western thing. We've been kind of allowed to be like that, where we don't need to really care what's going on and just focus up. But we're always distracted with all the stuff that's on Netflix and buying flashy, you know, sexy things that we want to buy. So we don't care. But anyway, yes. So politics. Right. <laughs> so we've had. Right. So we've had a new health secretary. So Matt Hancock was the guy that put us in the lockdown in the first place that everyone wanted to burn on a stake. He did loads of stuff wrong and then got caught kissing a woman um, outside his office. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, and it was, it, I mean, look, it was so staged. It was so, so staged. The guy murdered people, essentially, and he didn't get he didn't get kicked out. And then he snogs a girl outside his office, right underneath the camera. It was, and the way he went in was all like rapey. Power. So it's, 
nah, fake, fake. So he got booted out, and then we have um, we had a guy called Sajid Javid come in now, and he's um, he's he softly, softly tried to do bits and pieces and all that kind of stuff with with um. So basically, what we have in England is we don't have individual states like you guys. So if the president says, if the prime minister says, uh, we're gonna have a mandate. Uh, or we're going to wear masks and that applies to the whole country okay apart from scotland um and wales which is kind of funny because he's the prime minister but they, they decide their own because they only have their own health secretaries in those country they decide those things but anyway so when he says we're going to have masks or we're going to have you know uh, social distancing and that applies to the whole country so we all have to adhere to those rules so we had um we had a really long lockdown at the beginning you guys were still having quite a lot of fun while we were in our lockdown for about a year. Um, but they've done a really good job of scaremongering us with the BBC and everything else, but I won't go down that route anyway. So, so, so we had a new health secretary now, and he's been very much, um, he's the one that's enforced the mandates for the healthcare workers, which are the people that work in the care homes and forcing it for, for the NHS. Boris, our prime minister, I mean, he's, how he doesn't accidentally hurt himself every day. I have no idea. The guy's just a bubbling idiot. However, um, so we have had the least least sort of stringent strictest restrictions in place for the last few months compared to the rest of Europe. So I think what's happened is Boris wasn't doing what they wanted him to do with regards to Germany, Austria uh, and Italy, because they'd all mandated it already. They'd all put in um, everyone over the age of 50 needed to have it. They weren't allowed on transport. So they were a lot more militant in Europe uh, than they would be in England at the time. But we had them for we had less restrictions, but for longer. So what happened is he got caught. Um, so he, he wanted they wanted to, to, to take us to plan B, right, which is an even more stringent lockdown before Christmas, right, because they were saying Omicron cases were increasing and everyone. So they really were trying to push for a lockdown. Uh, and um, Boris was the only one who went against it and said no, whereas everybody else wanted him to do it. And then as a result of him saying no, all this stuff come out about him organising these parties and, and members of parliament having the parties, which no one really cares about. Well, they're distracting us with it. So the first thing I wanted to ask everybody, well, I want to say to people is if they were having so many parties last year, why were they not afraid to have the parties and mingle with everybody? What did they know or what did they take or whatever that, that, that you know, made them think, actually, we're not going to get COVID or give it to our loved ones or the vulnerable people who are around? Um, and two, obviously, he... Um, they were doing these parties. They've always done parties and stuff all the time. The politicians do and everything else. But he was always reluctant to bring in the new restrictions and everything else. So I don't know whether there's been a bit of an internal struggle. As it happens, I think four cabinet ministers close to Boris have resigned recently and they're all calling for his resignation in Parliament. So I think in the next sort of few weeks to months, we might start seeing um, Boris being pushed out as prime minister. But then I don't know who they're going to want to come in. And I don't know whether this... England itself is more better the devil you know with Boris uh, and anyone right, else right, that they right. want to bring in um, is, is a bit different. So I know with you guys, you got Biden. So there, it's not difficult to improve on Biden, really. But with Boris <laughs> no, at the moment, <laughs> no, sorry, I, I honestly. Um, so so Boris, I think if, if I'm honest with you, he might have been actually doing us a favour at periods of time with all of this. But so politics at the minute, um, we, we were let down. So we have MPs, members of parliament, which are a bit like your state senates, I think, that represent certain areas of the country and their constituents. Now, they really didn't say anything or do anything within the first sort of two years, year and a half of all of this. And now they're coming out the woodwork with regards, obviously, to the mandates uh, and all that kind of stuff, which we can go into in a bit. Um, so so the politics of the minute is a bit, bit, a bit like your, your country, but we're just obviously, we're a lot more... Um, civilized with our stuff there's less mudslinging with english in, in english politics it's all the right honorable gentlemen and you know the speaker of the house so it's all uh there's a lot more decorum isn't it where but then i like americans because it's all like yeah you'll get much more emotional um so so yeah as it happens i think it's the same as every country at the moment we're all on the precipice of our governments collapsing aren't we really let's let's be honest it's just which government's going to go first after kazakhstan right, right. yeah yeah so now let me let me ask you this i thought i saw something recently didn't boris try to um undo some restrictions or something or something recently and, yeah. and you know like when, when when you see that you know that goes to the whole point of well people are trying to push him out and he's trying to is it just really kind of like a virtue signal thing like hey listen you guys don't want to push me out because i'm here i'm trying to help you guys well this is the thing so we don't know what they're doing really but yeah on the 27th of january he got rid of mask wearing social distancing and all all, all restrictions pretty much except for um mandates the mandates were still being pushed through and already been pushed through for certain other sectors 
So I don't know what he's doing. I don't, I don't think they know what, but what it seems like is you've got two people in part, two parties in parliament, if you will, the same party fighting against each other, that one wants to keep the restrictions going and one doesn't. Um, but I don't think that if, if, if we'd have been put in another lockdown, I think that would have been game over for England. Yeah, I think we might be. I think we might be like where Canada is now to be potentially. I hope because it was getting, it was starting to get that way with the protests and everything else. And obviously, we had quite a, a few protests recently to try and get the mandates revoked, um, which uh, we did. But um, we'll go into that in a bit because I don't want to. I don't want to kill the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's 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 kind of start getting in, getting into some of that stuff. So the the NHS, and you can kind of walk me through the history of kind of how this has how this has, you know, gotten to where it is now. So, so the NHS, uh, I know they have a, a mandate enforced for people to get the vaccine, right? And, and, and if anybody's watching this on YouTube, know that, you know, this may be pulled down because of, you know, the things we're going to talk about. So you may need to find me on other platforms. But um, so, and you can, like I said, you can kind of walk me through how that all has, has gone down. But I think how, how it, the last I had heard it is they were, Put it, putting it off or you know they were were slowing the timeline of that but anyways give me a little up, update about that and kind of how your involvement with um with, with with pushing pushing back on some of this stuff so what so what happened was basically is is with all the restrictions and everything that was going on the beginning of last year in sort of uh, you know uh, early springtime they, they they threatened making mandates for frontline healthcare workers so that included the NHS and people working in care homes, domiciliary care, you know, people going and providing care to people in their homes and everything else and in the care homes. Um, so we knew it was coming, but we didn't really think anything of it because we were just busy getting on with work and the government do the, you know, they do what they do. And then November came and that was when it had been mandated for the care workers. So about 60,000 care workers lost their jobs uh, and they, met, they were met with minimal resistance to do it. The government were. Uh, I think because there was just no one really there to to to, to fight for the for the carers, uh, and then they started, you know, the eye of Zauron, if you will, turned towards the NHS. Then uh, after it now, let me ask you this real quick. So, so when you say care workers, do you mean is that is that hospital staff or is that people working in like retirement homes? Yeah, What's yeah. The so, definition? so we have we have healthcare. We have health. Well, so yeah, we call them care workers. They're the ones that necessarily don't work in hospitals. So they're the ones that will give care in the care homes. They'll go to people's houses and give them care, bathe them, wash them, clean them. You know, the, the, the kind of care stuff that you get, the, the, what right. we call dom domiciliary care. And then you've got the healthcare providers, which provide the, the you know, healthcare professionals. So they have, they're two different, um, not systems, but they're two different bodies, if you will. Um, so all the care workers were the ones that essentially were the lower paid ones and everything else, you know, the ones and the, the more, more underappreciated and undervalued sector of care, if you will, which to be honest with you was, is one of the most fundamental ones of care, but it gets the least amount of uh, decent press, which is a shame. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that 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 went through, and then they, you know, they turned then onto onto the NHS. Now, what happened was, is we so they then started threatening everybody that was working in a hospital environment. Basically, was 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 going to have to start taking the jab, and they put a deadline in. <coughs> excuse me. They put a deadline in of the third of February this year. So we were we were just thinking about what to do with it. And there was some protests going on and all this kind of stuff. And then three days before Christmas, I got sent an email from my employer um, telling me that I needed to have the jab by the 3rd of February. Otherwise I would have lost my job. So I posted that on Twitter because I was furious. Uh, and then from that, um, some journalists got in touch and a journalist that I befriended last year got in touch with me and said, would you make a video uh, to put on Twitter? So I thought, yeah, all right then. So, and this was on behalf of the, the together group which is called is hashtag together um and they've got they're a campaign group um and they're responsible for the together declaration uh which is a declaration that we all signed to to be against mandates and um passports and just you know general infringement of of freedoms so uh so that was uh, that's at the together declaration.org but so that was a campaigning body that was already used to doing other bits and pieces so i posted it i get we did the video gave it to them. They tweeted it the next day, box, boxing day, I think it was. Um, and then it went, it went a bit crazy. Uh, and then it, it got over 250,000 views on Twitter. And then it went, you know, went out everywhere. Um, and from that more and more people started coming forward who were healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, midwives, all started making other videos as well, jumping on the bandwagon and, and moving this thing forward and raising 
raising awareness to it. And then it started getting, you know, um, a lot of traction. And then there was a, uh, an incident where Sajid Javid, our health secretary, went into a hospital in London and started walking around the hospital asking people what they thought of the NHS mandate. And um, what we don't know whether the hospital did it on purpose or not, but they left a particular doctor, Stephen James, there. Uh, and when he asked, uh, you know, the staff how they felt, he disagreed with Sajid and said, no, I don't, I don't agree with it. On, on live TV, this was. Um, and he, he questioned Sajid, said the science isn't strong enough. You know, I've had COVID and people are still getting it, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Sajid got really angry with that and he could tell, but then it propelled Stephen James into, into, you know, into the limelight. So he then came on to, into our Together campaign. And what we did from there was um, we managed to get some funding to put together a justice review, which is like, um, what's the word you guys would use? We well, just essentially just making a court case against them to review yeah. the, 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 the law that they, well, it wasn't so much law, just to review the decision to make mandates uh, compulsory. We wanted to go to court to, 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 to get that sort of said that, you know, that was wrong to do, to get it completely revoked. So we put together a, a court case and everything else, which we're still part of now. There's eight of us that are doing it uh, with the idea of taking the government to court to, to you know, to express them, uh, to get them to, re to reverse the mandates. So we did all of that. We got on the campaigning side of things. We, I've been doing loads of media since then with the radio shows, podcasts, and actual TV stuff based in the UK. I was on, in the BBC for a little bit. Uh, and just trying to drum awareness. There was a massive, massive protest. They went down to the Houses of Parliament and delivered um, 350,000 signatures of doctors and nurses all against the mandates. And, and then we went down and protested and they threw all their uniforms outside Parliament, like what they did in Australia. So, so you know, we really came together and really, you know, created some good solidarity and some good, uh, you know, for Britain anyway, you know, it, it, there has to be inequivocal doubt sometimes with people in Britain that they're doing the right thing because no one likes to be made an idiot um so we did all of that and then that was just going and we're churning through that and creating you know as much uh press and attention we could get from that and then on the 27th of january he obviously all the mandate uh, all the um masks and restrictions and everything were due to to to, to 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 disappear and that's when we started saying well if you're going to get rid of all of that then you need to get rid of the mandates and then it got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And then apparently another court case was submitted to the government. But this is for a separate issue because there's been some deaths in care homes concerning midazolam and morphine. But that's a whole different different issue that I can talk to you about another time. But so so they reckon they might, a culmination of our court case and another court case and just external pressure. They then I can't remember what day it was, um, but it was I think it was the beginning of February. Um, they revoked the mandates. Um, for NHS staff and and care workers um, but there was initial confusion and there still is a little bit really because they've said that they want to they're going to with, revoke it and then it was are you going to stop everyone still having their meetings because I, I had a discipline a meeting to discuss my my dismissal um, and um, so there were still people having their meetings to say you're going to be sacked in April. So they needed confirmation from, from, you know, the government that it wasn't going to happen. So we're in a bit of limbo land at the moment. They said that it's not going to happen, but um, so basically, yeah. So what was going to, the risk of that, of, there was about 120,000 NHS staff that would, would have potentially been um, dismissed who wow. haven't had their jab. So the idea was you, you needed to have your first by the 3rd of February. So you could have, you could have had your second by the 1st of April. So then you right. were technically, you know, you've had at least two jabs, but then it would be how long again after that would you need to have your third? And of course. obviously, yeah, we're having, we've, we've got some people who've already had their fourth over here at the moment. They're offering that out. So, um, so as with the government, basically the government had to back down because of, I think they backed themselves into a corner um, because if they, if they didn't reverse the mandate, they would have run the risk of losing a lot of the workforce. If they reverse the mandate, then they run the risk of having all the people they've sacked already from the care sector trying to sue them. So they were backed into a corner. Um, so I, I think what they're doing at the moment is just trying to gracefully get out of the situation as best they can. Um, yes. But I, I don't know how they're going to do it. So at the moment, we, we, they've revoked it and all, dis, all kind of meetings have stopped. But what they have suggested is... so we have what we call governing bodies over here that we have to be registered under as professionals. You have the GMC, General Medical Council, HCPC. Uh, so doctors, paramedics and nurses have to be registered under these governing bodies. 
they stipulate certain things that you need to do to be registered as a professional nurse, doctor and all that. So they think the government might go through the back door and then put pressure on these governing bodies to say, well, from now on, you need to stipulate to your registrants that if they don't have at least two jabs, then they cannot re-register as, as a paramedic or a doctor. So therefore, they're not putting the uh, onus now on the employer, but now more you're governing, governing bodies. So um, they're not relenting at all at the minute, which is why it's so tiring and so knackering. And to finish off a little story with my exclusive. <laughs> so on Thursday, I got suspended from work, right? So on full pay, um, because a patient had complained that on a visit, uh, I'd gone into the house on a visit and I apparently had gone on a big rant about um, vaccines and how dangerous they are and, and, and um, masks and all this kind of stuff to the point where the patient was um, too afraid then to know whether to take the third dose or not. So they then complained to the practice, the, compl the practice complained to my employer uh, and they suspended me. They've suspended me on promoting um, misinformation or right. negative health information. Now, I don't know exactly what it is that they've, they've, I've got a meeting on Tuesday to find out exactly what it is I was supposed to have said. But I know for a fact, I would never have said anything unless I was asked to say anything because you don't, all right? You know, I know this, this, the, the severity and how sensitive the situation is. So I wouldn't just bowl through the door and be like, yeah, what's up? You know, with like a big anti-vax t-shirt on saying, yeah, you're going to die. You know, you're going to take that juice and you're going to die. So I would never have done that. What they would have, they would have asked me a question and I would have said to them, you know, and I would have, I would have answered. Um, so they wouldn't have liked my answer. So, so I'm suspended on full pay at the moment, but I've decided as well that um, I'm probably going to resign now. I'm, I'm done, absolutely done with this now because it was, it was. Uh, I had the first meeting which went horrendously with with regards to them. Basically, they wanted the first formal meeting to discuss me losing my job and everything else. So that didn't it went it went brilliantly. I had a great time with them, but they didn't like what I had to say. And it was just a shambles. I'm just, I'm just tired from it all, if I'm honest with you. Tired, yeah. tired, tired. And then just to be suspended because a patient is is concerned. So what I've actually been suspended for probably is telling the patient the truth. Uh, and then I've essentially been suspended for that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's, they, they throw around that word misinformation, like you said, right. Misinformation, but it's, but it's not misinformation by the definition of the term. It's just not what the current narrative is. And, you know, I think with, with anything in life, whether it's this, whether it's life, religion, anything like, you know, you, you need to have well-rounded discussions and well-rounded information to come to a decision. And I mean, I think it's only, it's only necessary that you, you should talk about some of the, like, listen, they, like, I, I get, they say that though, this is, this will help you because of X, Y, and Z, but also, did you also think about this? And I think that that is a well-rounded, and then they can make their own decision based off of it. They may still choose to go with it, but I think, you know, you're trying to do the right thing and let people know that because they haven't been forthcoming about side effects. They haven't been forthcoming about numbers and statistics. They're trying to they're trying as much as possible to hide some of that stuff, which leads to the question of why would you need to do that if this is the most deadly pandemic ever and you're offering the most safe product ever? Why would you need to hide some of the safety data? You know, so that's, man, that's really unfortunate to hear um, that that's, 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 that's going to happen. So, so, so what's kind of next steps for you? What are you thinking of about, you know, for your, your future there? Well, it's, so I was, and this is the other thing, like, this is the, I used to get asked this quite a lot during interviews and things, you know, how far was I prepared to take the, the, the you know, I was prepared to lose my job. If they were going to uh, sack us for not taking the man, uh, taking it, then I was fully prepared to do that. Um, so, you know, it was on the cards anyway. Um, I've discussed it with the wife. We're in a, we're in a fortunate position where uh, there's only a few things we could, would need to change and do where, where we'd be all right. So we're quite lucky. Um but that was all that was a discussion we had before I got on this journey anyway, you know, because it's difficult. I'm sure you can appreciate it's difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier if you've got supportive. Uh, well, I'd say wife because my family aren't really on board with what I think, but <clears throat> it's so much easier when you've got supported wife to that, that thinks you're doing the right thing and everything else. And you're not going through it alone. But it was I've done this job for 12 years and it's not been the easiest for me because I am the way I am. Right. And I really struggle to. Um, can we swear on your podcast? I can't absolutely. Remember. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I really, I don't suffer bullshit as easily. Right. So 
I find it really hard to sugarcoat stuff. And when I say sugarcoat, we mean like, you know, just make things a little bit softer for them to hear so they don't cry as much, <clears throat> especially when you're working in medicine and this, that and the other. And, and um, all, my, all my issues were always with staff, never with patients. And that, that, just, that just says it there. And it's like, all I ever wanted to do was do what was right for patients and I couldn't get less about staff. So it just, in an, an industry where you think it'd be easy to really help people, it's really not because they want you to do it a certain way in a certain time frame, you know, doing it a certain thing. And it, and it just takes the, not the fun out of it, but it kind of takes the care out of it really. Um, so I'm just, I'm just done with it all now. I'm, I'm tired. And there's lots of other stuff I want to read. <laughs> yeah. There's always, there's always other things, you know, you can do, you know, it's kind of like one of those situations where, Hey, if there's something you've always wanted to do, like, Hey, now I have the time and, 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 and energy and effort to, to do some different, so different things. So definitely, you know, we're, we're all, we're all thinking about you. We're all praying for you to make sure that everything works out well. And, you know, I, I think, like you said, you know, I think your story and, and all the videos and stuff you put out there is like you said, very instrumental in helping a lot of other people come out and talk about this kind of stuff. I mean, because it, it seems, it's, it seems scary. Like you mentioned in, in the UK, some people aren't, aren't as willing to speak up about that kind of stuff as, you know, in other places. And it, it kind of takes a few people to kind of lead the charge for that to kind of, to, to, to ramp up. So definitely, you know, happy that, happy that, that you did that, you know, unfortunately kind of led to, led to this situation, which you were kind of already prepared for, but um, so, you know, so, so that, that sucks, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, you know, do you want to continue working in that kind of, kind of system, even, even if you could, you know, because maybe that'll, you'll be okay for a certain amount of time, but you know, if, if, if they fundamentally don't agree with your definition of caring for patients, then that's something that's never going to change, you know, even if they drop a mandate or do this and that. So, um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you, you know, telling your story about all that stuff. Um, now let's, let's talk about this. So like, let's talk about just, you know, kind of health in, in general, right? I think, you know, um, uh, you're not going to get fired from this show for talking about other, other, other ways <laughs> to take care of yourself other than big pharma, but like, from your perspective, what would you tell people out there? Like, listen, these are kind of the, the pointers that I have as far as taking care of your own health and how to, how to be, how to just be a healthy person in general. Oh, right. So it's, I mean, it's, I've learned more about health in these last two years than I have probably about medicine in my whole, you know, two and a bit degrees that I've had to do to do what I've got to do. And mainly because I've wanted to read this stuff. The other stuff I've, wanted, I've, I've had to learn about medicine, it's, it's always been, you know, um, but you'd be surprised how difficult it is to get decent health information. And the health information is just as conflicting as the, as the information that you get from the medical ex experts, but it depends. And this is the problem because I've, I've noticed this as well, just trying to get, you know, everyone's daily supplement routine is different. Some have silver, some have this, some have that. And it's just, it's insane. W from a, don't smoke don't drink too much all right just you know you, you, this is the thing right so to be to be healthy you can't do anything you like to do apart from physical stuff right so it's so a ideally you don't smoke you don't drink you don't have coffee you don't have sweets you don't have cake i mean that's boring that's really really boring <laughs> especially in america when you can get cakes the size of your head so it's just like so i think from everyone i think if if the good thing to put it into perspective is if you're already healthy and not trying to look after yourself, your risks of getting any disease, not just COVID or, or viruses, is just significantly reduced. So not only would your immune system be better from, from stopping you getting viruses like COVID and, and, and flu and, and, and colds, but long-term disease as well, like arthritis, diabetes, uh, and other bits and pieces are usually caused from not eating great and not looking after yourself and, and not doing much exercise. So the the easiest weight loss advice or health advice to give to, to people is, is, is eat less and do more is the first thing I'd say, it, because everyone's lifestyles are different. And the way we, the stresses that we're under at the moment as well, because it's not going away for everybody. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, England at the minute, it's not too bad. I just think America is just like, you know, like those TV channels where they, it's just live all the time. America is just like one of them. There's just always something going on with you guys, no matter where it is. So-and-so said so-and-so. So it's difficult. Um, what, what, what ends up happening is people end up just burying their head in the sand and they're not paying attention to everything. So I think vitamin D would be a good thing for people to take straight off the bat, vitamin D. Um, you, depending on where you are in the States, obviously, but for us, it's slightly different because we're in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, then uh, I know parts of the States are as well, but obviously you've got Florida and all the other side. Um, 
we're, we're, we're massively vitamin D deficient. And so if you can get the vitamin D right, if you can't afford to have a blood test or you don't want to go get a blood test, I'd, I'd say around about 2000 units every day would be a good thing to have. Um, and then your vitamin C, which you can get from your fruit. Zinc is a really good thing to take as well. That really helps with the cells. Uh, and uh, it's it, it, you can go into other things there like turmeric and uh, NAC and all these other things as well. But I'm not a health expert, if you know what I mean. So I don't want to be saying to everybody, you know, take this and take that. But my my routine at the minute is I've got turmeric. I've got 2000 vitamin D. I've got some zinc. I've got some NAC. And I um, I have a water filtration. So I've, I have like a Berkey water filter. So it filters out the water from the tap. And that's it for the time being. I'm not going to go any more crazier than that um so because otherwise it just gets ridiculous i try and eat well i train a lot i do martial arts. i've been doing martial arts for years so I, I do a lot of kung fu i just try and um just keep active and i've got a four-year-old as well i mean there's no special the thing is, is i think we've got used to this because you've got kids as well haven't you i remember yeah oh yeah yeah that that, yeah. that keeps you that keeps you busy that does busy. keep you busy that's a workout i'm telling you yeah it is isn't it it's like all so, oh, right so on top of all of that you expect me to eat healthily and be healthy as well it's like mate honestly if there's a marshmallow i found down the bottom of the sofa i'm taking that mate because i've not eaten in four days <laughs> or, or you know it's like or you know if, if he's out doing something and i could just shove something in my mouth it's like you know in an ideal world but we all know with kids you got two though right yeah 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 yes. i got i got my my i think you're you you have a four-year-old son as well right I yes, think we that's have right yeah our kids about the same age yeah. so yeah yeah, then so, I have yeah. a younger daughter too. So they're just, oh boy, you try to sit down for a minute and you got to stand back up and say, no, no, stop, yeah, do this, no, go here, do that. It, yeah. uh, it, it, it keeps you young though, you know. Um, well, this is it. This is, it definitely keeps your knees, it keeps your knees sore. But I think overall, I think we've got, we've got this real kind of uh, imposter syndrome thing in us about health and how to be healthy and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, look, you know what you should and shouldn't be eating, right? If, if you're eating it going, yeah, this candy bar is really nice. It's like, well, then you, you know, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. The less processed it is, the better it will be for you and just move a little bit more. But it's, I don't know. We've been, I, I, I'm not, I'm not against fat people, right? I'm not. Some people say I'm fattest, but we've made it okay for people to be fat, right? And yeah. and it's like, it, look, it's okay from a feelings point of view, but your body will be screaming at you, right, to do something about it. So, it, you know, I get a little bit fringe on these sorts of things. And I just think, look, if you're fat, there's a difference between being fat and a little bit overweight, okay? There's a very, very, very big difference because you can still train and do bits and pieces and still be carrying a little bit of extra weight, but that's it doesn't matter. You can still touch your toes. But you've got these these fat people that are like, look, see, eating for you has become literally a hobby, right? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so and, and they don't work. They can't walk. They've got bad knees. They've got diabetes. They've got bad back. They've got respiratory problems. They've got sleep apnea. You know, it's like, man, they're just a walking car crash. No one says to them, stop eating. You know, yeah. they just go here, have this tablet or have this tablet or it's like, stop eating. Yeah. Stop eating. So we, we almost facilitate the unhealthiness aspect of it as well and then lecture them that they're unhealthy. So it's, it's honestly that this is another reason why I want out of it because it was really difficult giving health advice to people that you're there to, you know, telling them about their health while they're smoking or, you know, you're just like, I cannot be chewed. Everybody knows what, what they can and can't do that's good for them. Now, if they don't, then you've been living in a box uh, yeah. forever. Everyone knows that smoking's about, you know, so it's like, I can't be bothered telling you that you shouldn't be doing that. So um you know when you and, just, pe and people don't realize that you know it, life is about if you want to improve your life you know it's not going to change tomorrow but just just start changing little things here and there you know and and the, the sooner you start doing that the sooner you'll, you'll see results i think we live in such an instant gratification society people would rather take you know a a, a dose of what like a someone that says it's a weight loss pill right they'd rather do that and not change their lifestyle versus why don't you eat a little bit less carbs every day? Why don't you go for a mile walk every day? You know, the, those things, and you can kind of compound those on top of each other and get to where you want to be. But in this society, like you said, we, we make being fat okay. And, you know, yeah, like we're all important. Everybody's important. We, you know, like not trying to, you're not making fun of people. It's like you want them to be healthy and successful as well. And there, it, it's, it, it becomes a personal responsibility thing. But, you know, all of our fitness magazines now, like every other one you see, it has like a very, very a large person on, on the cover. So when you're, when you're saying that that's okay on a fitness magazine, I don't think you're getting through the right message that you're trying to. 
no exactly and and i think it's so trying to trying to change uh, a lifestyle is really hard this is the problem this is why people want pills and things or these quick fixes because lifestyle change you look at it, a minimum six to eight weeks of anything to notice the change but what i would recommend there's this guy called um he is uh bj fogg and he's done a book called tiny habits and he's a behavior guy and a friend of mine that i used to do a lot of training with uh put me in touch with him and, and i started listening to his audio book um and he basically talks about for there to be for you to change a behavior which is what a lifestyle is is behaviors is a it's a group of behaviors patterns of behaviors to change a behavior you need a few things for it to happen so you need motivation, ability, and prompts, right? And if you've got all three of them things, then you will be able to change your lifestyle habits or change these certain habits. And the good example that he uses, so, so you, everybody has the motivation most of the time to do these you know, lifestyle changes. You've got the ability to, sometimes to do them or not. The ability is the same sort of thing as like having the time to do it, you know, having the time in the day to do it, having the equipment, having the money, whatever. And then the prompts are the things that remind you to do these things. So what he, the example that he used was, was getting, trying to get himself to floss his teeth, right? So what he did was, right, I've got the ability to do it uh, and the motivation. I just need the prompt to remind me to do it. So what he started to do was leaving dental floss on the side of the sink at nighttime. So when he woke up in the morning, he saw the, the dental floss there. It reminded him to do it. And, you know, and then and he did one tooth at a time and then until it became a habit. And then he would need to do it and it was ingrained on him and he could just floss his teeth. But first of all, he had to find the, find a place in, in the day when he had the time to do it. And then, the, you know, to motivate himself to do it and remind him to do it. So it sounds complicated, but then it's not. So everyone says, right, I want to, I want to, I want to lose five stone. And I want to one, I want a mile in five minutes. And you're like, right. Okay. Well, all of those things are, are achievable, but you can't do them all at once. So people tend to go too hard with these things and they can't maintain it because they don't have the, you know, the, the the motivation to carry on with it or they don't have the ability to go to the gym five days a week six o'clock in the morning because it just knackers you out so when you're trying to do a behavioral change have these things in mind and think right have i got the motivation to do it yes i have have i got the ability to do it well i could do it this time and what do i need to do to remind me to do it and set prompts for you to do it and you've just got to do that for a, for a few weeks um uh sorry a few days sorry and before your brain will start to register it as a as a new behavior um, and that's it basically. So, so you can apply that to anything with regards to, right, I want to eat less. I want to move more. I want to drink more water or whatever. So you have to fit these things into your life. Otherwise you won't do them because if it's anything that doesn't slot into your routine already, you, you haven't got the time or the ability or the motivation to do these things. And when you look at it like that, it ends up being really easy. You just need to slot these things into your life where, you know, it will work. Right. And I don't know if it's intentional or not, but like you said, motivation, ability, and prompts. I mean, that's an acronym for MAP, right? That's a MAP for yeah. for for getting you somewhere, right? That's what a MAP does. It yeah. tells you how to get from point A to point B. I don't know, maybe that was intentional in what he had there, but it, it that's, that's great. And I think it's important for people to have these. I mean, in those, that's a prompt right there. That's just kind of a three-step process that you yeah. can, you can, you slot as a template into into anything in life and, and make changes. I think that's really, it's really important for people to have kind of that starting point because I think a lot of things seem so overwhelming, right? Whether it's, whether it's, you know, trying to do more exercise, go to the gym, lose weight, eat less of this. And, and you know, it's, it's, I think for some people it's so overwhelming that like they can't even approach the process of in that, in that, in that drives them back down into the rabbit hole where they were, right? Well, let me just go eat a few snacks, you know? So, and it's, and it's like, I would say to kind of tack on to what you've already said is that, you know, you can do things in moderation, right? Like you can have a glass of wine, right? You can have something on a special occasion. It, it's not, I think when, when, when people have tried to go too hard, like they get sick of it, right? Like I knew a guy that I worked with every day, he would, uh, you know, on Sunday he would meal prep and he would make the same exact lunch every single day during the week, right? Which, which is great. And it was kind of healthy. It was filled with, you know, turkey and vegetables and all this kind of stuff. And it was a great idea, but then you get sick of it, right? Because then it, it's, it's the same thing over and over. Whereas you could have had something with an equally good quality nutrient content, but it was a little slightly different every day to get you a little bit of variety because then, then it becomes like a chore and it becomes like a bland thing. And you're like, well, uh, now let's screw this. Let me eat a, let me eat a dozen pizzas, you know? Yeah. So there's, def there's definitely lots of ways that people have to, uh, to improve their life. 
I think definitely. And I think people, what people need to realize, and this is what I've realized over the years, depending on where you are in your life, I'm 42 now. My goals in training now are much different than they were when I was younger. Uh, and then when I got into my 20s and when I got into my 30s, you know, my, the training that I do now, I just want to try and be strong. Longevity is what I'm after. So I'm 42 now. I'm really flexible. I'm pretty, you know, I'm good at my martial arts and I'm, I'm happy with where I, where I am. So um, I just want to kind of maintain that until I'm into my 60s, 70s, 80s. Whereas, you know, when I was 30, I was like, I want to do a backflip. I want to do somersaults. I want to do parkour, <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. Whereas I still want to do that in my mind, but my knees and my body go, no, nah, mate, no, 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 don't even try it. I'll let you down hard. <laughs> so, so now I just think, right, let's try and maintain the level of sort of health or fitness that I've got right now. Cause again, I'm 42. I, I don't plan on doing anything too ridiculous, uh, you know, in, in my life, but I still want to be able to, my blood's four. So like, I, I have this thing in my head when he's 20, I'm going to be 60. So I, I keep thinking that. So when he's getting drunk or going out fighting or getting gobby, I need, I'm 60. So I need to be able to, you know, Van Damme him and Bruce Lee his ass <laughs> just to remind him who's in charge. So right, I don't, right. And I, I go to a lot of people now that are in their sixties that are, you know, really bad. And you think, how old are you? This is 63. And you think, oh, I had you down for like 80, but you know, so, you know, so, so for now, so now I just want to make sure that I can like keep, keep everything moving the way it is whereas so if you're coming into this from an older person's perspective then then that's what i would look at you know baby steps uh and then if you're looking at it from and this is what people do they go and i want to lose weight i want i want to be strong and it's like right okay well if you just concentrate on trying to be strong you'll lose weight but become strong so what they don't realize is a lot of these goals are byproducts of other things you know i want to be healthier okay well go to the gym or okay well i don't want to go to the gym i just want to be healthy right well what do you want to do that makes you healthy so it doesn't always have to go to the gym, walk in and, 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 you know, there's, this is the one thing about the States, man. If you can think about wanting to do it, you can do it in the States. There's, you can do everything in the States. If, if, if you want it, if you think of a product that think, I bet, I wonder if I, I wonder if someone's done that. Some, someone's done it somewhere in the States. Uh, and that's just brilliant. But um, so, so with regards to health, it's, you can, you can do whatever you want, jump rope, you know, skipping ropes, we call them. Um, it's so much stuff, but I think it's just getting you into that habit of dedicating half an hour or an hour of your day to doing something for you that invests into yourself i think right you know what i mean yeah. and it's all about investment in in yourself the the, the the not to do a job or anything else but just that to make you a better person to make you a better investment as an individual because if the world went dead tomorrow and there was no electricity all they would want would be carpenters right medical people farmers you know seamstresses you know it'd be all the trades that you'd be like oh crikey nana used to be able to do that they're not going to want like account accountants, lawyers, you know, judges, you know, uh, no, you can't, I need somebody who can make something, uh, skin an animal, maybe hunt a little bit, uh, you know, like a real man. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, and so and that's what I think to myself, I think, well, if I, you know, what would I want to pass on to my kids? Uh, Skill set is, is important, you know, um, as well as, as well as health, man, you've got to make yourself a Swiss army knife of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many different, so many different things you can learn. I mean, you can, you can learn how to do anything. You know, the, the one good thing about the, about the internet is that there's so many, you, you can look up a YouTube video on how to do anything, right? Like you, you can learn how to hunt, you can learn how to farm, you can learn how to plant in your own garden, any of that kind of stuff. You know, it's more than just, you know, cat videos. So anybody out there, if you want to learn new skills, I mean, go, go check that out. There's so much to do. Like, like you said, while it's still there, who knows, maybe they'll try to shut it down in the, in the future. But, um, dude, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate all your, all your insight and all this stuff, Matt. Um, you know, one final thing I want to ask you about is, you know, I'm contractually obligated to, to make a star Wars reference, right. On, on this yes. show, you know, contractually obligated by myself. Um, so if anybody's watching on the video, I'm sitting here in the star Wars medical bay. Right. So, you know, in, in star Wars and sci-fi, you see how healthcare is really driven by right robotics, machines, this kind of stuff. Where do you see kind of our healthcare in our world going to the future? Do you do you worry about the rise that you see in some of this robotic technology stuff, or do you think it's kind of a a necessary thing to to help people be be better? Kind of what is your what is your take on on, on how that all fits in with healthcare? So we've got an NHS long term plan that's that's just been released seven year plan and it coincides with our human rights act um that they want to change which basically removes a lot of our human rights um but oh. uh, i know right we we didn't touch that we can go into that another time but uh, anyway obviously we got klaus schwab with the world economic forum and all that kind of stuff over here um but <coughs> they're overall so 
the way that they're looking at doing healthcare in the future is to prevent things from, for, is, is to prevent you from needing hospital stuff. So in England, they want to make England the first smoke-free country in the next five years. So that doesn't mean we can't already smoke in buildings and, and certain places, but they mean no one smokes, full stop, right? So this is going down the lines of, of, of 1984 stuff now, whereas if they think something that you're going to do is going to be bad for you, they will stop you from doing it for the collective good. You know, right, right. So it's more like it's more like the artificial intelligence angle, right, than actually like machines is what they're trying yes. to do. Yeah. So it'll be more, so so it, it yes, exactly. So the AI side of things, it always sounds good, but then if they're going to use it to monitor you going in and outside of a of a, a store getting cigarettes or whatever, and that gives you less of a social credit score, and you know, and all this kind of stuff, or you, you know, it's uh, there was another thing in there saying basically if they think that you're too overweight, they will take you away somewhere and give you a calorie deficit diet till you lose weight. So you could, they could all turn around and say, you know, this is stuff that, that benefits you, but you know, we're going to step in and, and, and cause you're not doing it right. So it's really sinister. This the where we're going to, I think as well. And, and then people are thinking as well that you guys are muscling in on our NHS apparently as well. I wanted to, to like buy parts of it and, give us loads of crazy drugs and stuff oh boy and yeah, yeah, well, what know, could possibly right? go wrong with that, that well, like great, great yeah the nhs database has been a bit of a gold mine because obviously there's 68 79 million um people's medical every single medical record not with you guys it's all everything is in there from when they were born uh so apparently it's a database that everybody wants to get their mitts on um we'll have to see but but yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the NHS because they say these things on paper. But then when you go in there and see the the the, the underfunding and the cost, uh, the cutting back of things, it makes you wonder how they're going to how they're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it, like it's going to look completely different than it is now. I'm sure 10, 20 years from now. But, you know, as long as we can be here right now talking about this kind of stuff, bringing awareness to it, I think that's I think that's all we can do. You know, and I think we all have different roles to play in in bringing awareness to this kind of stuff, pushing back against this kind of thing. So definitely, definitely really appreciative of, of, of what you're doing out there, Matt. And I'm telling you, you could have a great career in, you know, uh, karate instructor, health instructor, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I can see you doing all, all kinds of different, all kinds of different stuff. So we'll, we'll definitely be, be interested to see how your, how, how things play out for you. So um, where can people find you on social media if they, if they want to follow you and kind of find out what you've been up to? Right. Um, on Twitter, I'm at MedicMatt090, um, aka Kung Fu Medic. And then on uh, Insta's the same, at MedicMatt090. I'm a bit rubbish with Insta. Um, I come off, I, I pretty much do everything on Twitter, really, because that was a lot more of a welcoming platform. Um, yeah. I've, I've been on this since 2015, but didn't really use it that much. But then when I started getting my head around, I was like, actually, there's loads of people on here that are in the same sort of mindset. Um, I'm not on Facebook. I was, but it was just, it's just a bit of a cesspit. Um, and Twitter's been a much better platform for that side of things and that's it for now i do plan on, on potentially doing my own podcast but now that i'm suspended and probably not doing medicine anymore i might have some time on my hands to do some bits and pieces but yeah. um but yeah i'm in that kind of limbo land at the minute where i'm not really sure but yeah you, you can hook me up there on twitter i'll post all the updates there with regards to the together declaration and the at nhs 100k is a good group they um they publish and post all the um protests that we're doing and things as well they're on twitter and insta as well so uh, but yeah reach out man if you want to ask anything i'm more than happy to um to ask uh, answer questions and things as well and obviously it's from a tuppence in all the time awesome well matt thank you like i said thank you so thank much you, for for hopping on you know this will be this will be the first of many there's a lot of like you said there's a lot of other stuff we can talk about that will fill up a whole lot of time so we'll yeah, definitely man. be doing this again in the future so awesome. um big, big thanks to matt so this is conspiracy kyle this has been another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. May the Force be with you.